You guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, you need to. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Mimesis, the podcast about all the twisted ways art and life imitate each other. I'm Stacey Rourke. And I'm Sandra Sheriff Zachary. And we're your hosts on this. I'm not going to say zany today. Today, let's say gruesome. <laughs> we are your hosts on this gruesome uh, episode. It's going to get bad. It is. This one's bad. We're, we're week two into our spooky season episodes. Um, and I guess when you talk about horror movies, you can't expect that it's going to be rainbows and kittens. So. No, it's going to be blood and guts. <laughs> it is. And we've got a lot of that today. We are going to be talking about the movie Jennifer's Body. Um, before we get into this, I have to give so many, so many trigger warnings. <laughs> Lots um, of trigger warnings. Yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have murder. We're gonna have rape. We're gonna have a little bit of um, drug use and some necrophilia. So oh. yeah, um, if this if if that doesn't sound like something you want to dig into and you decide to skip this episode, we understand. Give us a try next week, and maybe people won't be diddling the dead. Who who knows? <laughs> My episode's going to be bad next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> yeah. But it's spooky season, so. Exactly. We're going to talk about this. Um, so Jennifer's body, Jennifer's body has a lot of Holly, young Hollywood. Well, they, yes, they were does. young Hollywood at the time. Now they're, <laughs> they're not quite young Hollywood anymore. I... So the first time I watched it was last night. Okay. And I got so giddy. I was like punching Scott in the arm. Like, dude, dude, it's Adam Brody. It's Adam Brody. <laughs> Do we have a little crush on Adam Brody? Oh, dude, I have a major thing for Adam Brody. And this was Adam Brody in Guyliner. So I know. I was like so happy. <laughs> so I can't remember the OC. Yes. He was in the OC and mm -hmm. he was the nerdy guy that, yeah, I mean, I married a nerd, so. <laughs> Nerds are the coolest guys. They are. I married one too. Yeah. Um, great. Yeah. So Adam Brody was in it. Uh, uh, Megan Fox, Chris Pratt was in it. Kyle Gal Gal Galner. He was. Galner. Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. J.K. Simmons, who a lot of people know from every Spider-Man movie ever. He always yes. plays the same character. And, Amanda um, Sinfred. Yes, she was, she's fantastic. Yeah. She's done a lot of really cool stuff, too. Um, yeah. yeah, Scott was doing the whole thing to me. Dude, that's that's Chris Pratt. And I was like, no, oh, oh it is. <laughs> yeah, that was a baby-faced Chris Pratt. Yes. 
very much. I think that was even before he was on uh, Parks and Rec. I think so. Which, by the way, will always remain my favorite role he's ever played. I loved Andy so much. You're going to tell me you've never seen Parks and Rec, aren't you? Like, no one even saw the look on your face, y'all. It was just like, like you knew you were. I was going to be disappointed. Uh-huh. So I've not watched it, but I've seen, like, bits and pieces when Scott is watching it. I think it's one of the funniest shows ever. It's one of my favorite comedies to watch. So I should just sit down and turn it on and watch it? Yes. From start to finish? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. You need to. Just power through. Marathon yeah. the whole thing. Okay. Yep. April is probably one of my favorite characters because she's the one that, you know, thrills in being dark and ominous. And I, I dig that. Yes. So The only yeah. person that I can call recall off the show is Nope. <laughs> yep. Leslie Nope. Leslie Nope. Which is funny. My my oldest once told me, she says, Mom, you're the perfect blend of Claire from Modern Family, Monica Geller from Friends, and Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec. And I was like, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> She's like, yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> oh, well. I get things done. All right. So are we ready to, to dig into this a little bit? Yeah, we're ready. Okay. Well, I'm I'm not going to go through the whole movie, but we're just going to do a summary for anybody that maybe hasn't seen Jennifer's Body that um, maybe you don't want to watch the movie, uh, but want to listen to this podcast. We'll do a quick little summary of it. It has a great it. soundtrack to it. It has a fantastic soundtrack <laughs> and a great cast. Yeah. Um, I, I will say going into this that the reason I can't say I enjoy the movie, and this is nothing against anybody that does. If this is your jam, go for it. But my problem with this movie was that I knew the case it was based upon from the time I watched it. So it made it hard for me to enjoy it because I knew what really happened. Yeah, so I that, don't. So it was kind of easy and cheesy. And exactly. I could laugh at it. And it was totally 2000s. Oh, yeah, completely. It was dated, like, the minute it came out. Yeah. 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 So that made it hard for me to enjoy. And, yeah. you know, I, I hope I don't ruin the movie for anybody that loves it. But, you know, I think the, the real victim behind it, she needs to have her, her real story told, too, because it's uh, yeah. tragic. Okay. So Jennifer, who was played by Megan Fox, is killed by a band Adam Brody, the lead singer of, know. who want to sacrifice a virgin to Satan to further their music career. But Jennifer is not a virgin, virgin so she turns into a succubus who feeds on boys. Yep. Uh, this movie has become kind of a feminist anthem horror movie, uh, but the, the, the true story behind it is anything but. I kind of wish that the, the girl behind it would have gotten some sort of vengeance like this. Yeah. Unfortunately, the hits just keep on coming in her case. So so let's dig in. You ready? I'm ready. The year was 1995. Oh, I hate that year. Hey. Oh, what? yeah. I was going to yeah. say it's the year I graduated from high school, but it was also a very sad day in our family, too. Yeah. Not me graduating from high school. No, that no, that was, <laughs> that was a highlight. <laughs> yes, that was the, the year your dad died. Yes. Um. 
15-year-old Elise Poller was a freshman at Arroyo Grande High School. Elise was a good girl, um, but she was going through a rebellious period, as many 15-year-olds do. Yes. Um, I'm not just speaking as somebody who was a 15-year-old girl, but by a mom of a 16 and a 14-year-old who just sometimes wake up and want to rebel against life in general. Yes. Um, Seriously, that age, they lose their damn minds. (laughs) Yep, we all do. Yeah. (laughs) Hormones raging, your frontal lobe developing. We don't know who we are. It's a lot. Um, Well, Elise at that time had been experimenting with alcohol and she dabbled in drugs a little bit, excuse me, had been smoking a little bit of pot. And on one occasion, the school called her parents because they said she was behaving in a way that made it clear she was under the influence of something while she was at school. Uh Oh, yeah. Well, her parents did. They took this very seriously and immediately put her in a substance abuse program. Okay. Yeah. They they weren't playing around. Unfortunately, it was there at the Mariposa Community Recovery Center where she met Jacob Delashmet, who will be one of the three boys who would later kill her. Ugh, that's terrible. And you know what? This happened in 1995. These are grown-ass men now, but I'm still going to refer to them as boys because you don't, you don't get the title of man. What you did was horrific. So yeah. you're a little boy that doesn't know, doesn't have to, any kind of sense about him. Well, on July 22nd, 1995, Elise said goodnight to her parents and went to bed. Or so they thought. She snuck out. Yeah. In actuality, she put pillows under her blanket to make it look like she was sneaking and snuck out the French doors in her bedroom. Sleeping. Mm-hmm. You said sneaking. Sneaking. I'm sorry. Sleeping. Made it look like she was sleeping. She put pillows under the blanket to make it look like she was in bed, and then she snuck out the French doors of, of her okay. bedroom. That's like my biggest fear with my kids is that they're going to sneak out of the house and I'm not going to know where they are. And then they're going to be hurt and then I can't do anything about it. Mine too. We live in a ranch. It would not be hard for them to sneak out. And that scares the hell out of me because in this day and age, you can't go anywhere without letting someone know where you are first. You have to make sure someone knows where you are. Right. It's it's just too many things that can happen. That's so scary. Too many. Mm. So where she went, Elise had been convinced, <clears throat> excuse me, to come hang out with Royce Casey, Jacob Delashmet, and Joseph, Joseph Fiorella in a eucalyptus grove that they like to hang out in. Oh, that smelled pretty. I, I bet it did. Yes. <laughs> My husband has eucalyptus hanging in our shower right now. He oh, just got like reeds that. of it and was dangling it in the shower. It smells so good in there. But when she met these three... On this night, she had no idea that the three of them had spent months plotting to murder her. (gasps) No. Like, as far as she went, she was just going to hang out with friends. She had no idea that this was their plan. That's so terrible. Yeah. All right. So let me tell you a little bit about these three assholes. At the time that this happened, Delashment was 15 years old. 
Fiorella was 14 and Casey was 16. Somehow, yeah, yeah these are babies. Yeah. These are babies. But they know better. They know murder uh, yeah. is bad. Yeah. Somehow, the youngest, Fiorella, the 14-year-old, became like the leader of the group. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Because whenever you're unsure if an idea is a good one, by all means, trust the youngest person there to decide what you should do. Right. Especially in times uh, of killing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The 14-year-old thinks this is a good idea. Let's do that. No, 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 no. no. Um, all of them, by these young ages, had already dropped out of high school and were heavy into drugs. No. And we're not talking just like pot. These guys were doing like some heavy shit. Yeah. Which, where does a 14-year-old even know how to get? Like, I know in, in this day and age, getting a hold of pot is no big deal. But like heavier shit than that. How? Yeah, heavier how? shit. I, I don't know. Especially like then. But like in 2000, like I watched one of my acquaintances friends drop out of school because of pot really mm -hmm. that's so and sad they were given it to them by their mother <gasps> oh yeah, yeah. that's it, horrible it's bad and you know what i don't know if their parents were i didn't really look into their parents too much i was more focused on elise's family but yeah. You you can't imagine these kids came from healthy homes if at 14, you know, they're dropping out of school because they're doing right. drugs. There's some kind home. of underlying issue there. Yeah. I mean, Not to mention doing drugs, like that many drugs at that young of age. Again, I said your frontal lobe isn't developed until like your right. early 20s. And you're doing scarring it forever. Yes. You're never yeah. going to be able to undo that. No. No. And I shouldn't say because some parents are great and some people do get into drugs yes. and it's just circumstantial and it just happens. But for the most part, that age, parents should have been watching them. Yeah. 14. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Yeah. That is really young for that to happen. That's that's yeah. a freshman in high school. Mm hmm. Oh, save the brain. You need that. Save the brain. Save the brain. Well, <laughs> these three asshats in the middle of their drug-induced haze decided to give their lives over to Satan in exchange for a music career. Okay. Yeah. That's the tie-in. Yes. That's, that's where that ties into the movie that really, just like the movie, um, the name of their band was Hatred. Hatred. Which is wildly uncreative. <laughs> yeah. And they decided that by killing a blonde-haired, blue-eyed virgin, they would be committing the ultimate sin against God and would therefore win Satan's favor. What? Why does Satan care that it's a blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl? Well, the, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed virgin thing obviously they they skewed that from the movie because right. the best friend was the blonde haired one and 
Megan Fox was dark haired and all Megan Foxy. <laughs> all Megan Fox. Um, yeah, but saying it has to be a blue eyed blonde hair, that's kind of. I don't want to say it's racist because we don't want to kill anybody, but like, why did it have to be? Why did it have to be that? No, I'm trying to think. Like, maybe that's what they thought innocence was. I don't know. Here's here's the other question, though. These kids are 14, 15, and 16. Was any among... Like, the, I'm guessing the 14-year-old was a virgin. Probably. Why, why don't you just sacrifice yourself and then the other two can succeed? But that doesn't suit them. That no, doesn't no, give no. them... Yeah, it has to be somebody else. A yeah. different virgin. Right. Assholes. All right. <laughs> so in the weeks leading up to Elise's murder, this the trio stalked her, which, you know, you would expect from nutso killers. Obviously. They, they also befriended her. They hung out together. Um, so, you know, I, we had talked about this before, but I just... It, it, it's a side note that I get stuck on, is that they... They, they befriended her. They invited her to come hang out. They smoked weed together. They wanted her to trust them. Yep. That's exactly what that's, it is. They wanted to see how far they could push that friendship. They basically were grooming her. Yes. Yes. It's a narcissistic quality. I'm actually reading a book right now about narcissists and like everything I've read and they like literally pick their victims by like weird things and like just break them down until they can go a little bit further and a little bit further and that's what it makes me think of is that they yeah. just they groomed her into what they wanted her to be able to do because yeah. they have to get her to come to this place then once they pull out the knives she can't be freaked out or whatever they had I don't know but like you know what I'm trying to say yeah, they they lured her into a false sense of security. Right. Well, there is a rumor that um, before the day of her death, they had actually tried to kill her once before. So and why would the, you go back? Yeah, I, yeah. Let, well, let me let me set you the stage of what happened here, and then we'll we'll discuss it a little bit. At the time, one of the boys, and I didn't see which one it was, but he pretended to fall down a ravine and Elise went down there to help him. And when she did, Fiorella, the youngest, the, the, the masturbine, threw whichever one was in the ravine a knife and the two that were back behind started yelling for him to do it. Do it, do it, do it. But apparently the kid couldn't go through with it. Well, Elise thought that this was like a joke. So she never reported it. See, they, they, what I said, they threw, they brought that knife out to see her reaction. And so and she probably laughed it. it off. She was like, okay, you guys. Yeah. No, 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 no. If you're around people and they ever, Start fucking around with games like that. Peace out in a major way. Just, yep. okay, I'm going to go. We're not friends anymore. Peace. Yeah. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. We, we're not going to play games like that. No. Um, so on the night of her murder, they lured her out with the promise of smoking pot. 
And they, they delivered on that. The four of them were passing around a joint when Delashment took off his belt and wrapped it around Elisa's neck. As he did that, Fiorella stabbed her directly in the neck with a hunting knife that they bought. They went out and bought just for this purpose. After that, all three of them took turns stabbing her, focusing their rage specifically on her neck. Um, She was stabbed more than 12 times. I heard some that said 12. I I saw others that said 15. As she was being attacked, she begged for help, called out to her mother and to Jesus. As she laid bleeding to death, they felt she wasn't dying quick enough. This one's, this is rough. I'm sorry. So they started stomping on her neck. Ugh. Yeah. When they thought she was dead, they then took turns defiling her corpse. That's terrible. Yeah. It's all terrible. During Delashman's deposition, he admitted that the, that the trio also returned to her body multiple times in the days, weeks, whatever to come to have sex with her corpse more. Oh. oh. <sighs> yeah. It's so gross. So gross. Uh, uh, yeah, that's icky. Yeah. That's that's Ted Bundy kind of shit right there. That's nasty. Yeah. Ugh. Um, I don't have this in my notes, but I did read this, so I'm going to stick it in here because as if this whole thing wasn't bad enough. When um, her body was finally recovered, and we'll get into all the details of that, but when her body was recovered and the um, Emmy was going through and trying to figure out her cause of death and when she died and everything they the they think there is a chance after she was stabbed after she was her throat was stomped on when they thought she was dead and then were raping her there's a chance she was still alive for that part oh my goodness just the most agonizing final moments you can imagine yeah that poor girl was probably praying for death at that point. Yeah. Just oh. let it stop. Yeah. And yeah. she was only 15. 15 years old. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm never letting my kids leave the house ever. Nope. Ever again. Never again. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's back up. The morning after Elise snuck out, her parents went into her room and discovered she was gone which is every parent's worst nightmare yeah they immediately reported her missing but because of the way she staged the scene before she she left yeah i mean police looked for her but uh because there was no sighting as a runaway they did they classified her as a runaway uh i hate that so much yeah nobody had seen her there was no body found uh and she snuck out, so they believed that she ran away. Which, again, any any kids listening to this, just don't. Or any anybody of any age, always make sure somebody knows where you are at right. all times. 
Just a okay. quick test. Hey, I'm going over here. Yeah, drop the the pin your location thing. Drop yeah. the little pin. Yeah. I do that whenever I have to travel for any kind of like book event or anything. I whenever know. I stop for gas, <laughs> I always like drop a pin of exactly where I'm at. So uh -huh. I'm the one that usually gets those. <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> well, eight months went by of her parents having no idea where she was or what happened to her. Eight months? Eight months. Is that how long it took them to find the body? Or is that just how long before they told? Wait, figured we're out about who to get was. into that. We're about to okay. get into that. At that time, Casey, who was now 17 years old, went to the police station and admitted in detail what the three boys had done and where they could find her body. He led them right to her. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, good for him for getting us somewhat of a conscious to be able to be like, okay, she needs some closure. The family needs closure. Like, she needs to be buried now. Yeah. But uh, still. Th he says he had found religion at that point, which great time to find religion is after you uh, right. sacrifice somebody to Satan. That's yeah, bang up timing there, friend. I personally like to think that Elise was haunting the hell out of him somehow. I like to think that she was messing with him and Tormenting like he was him. seeing her yeah. face everywhere. And mm -hmm. every time he closed his eyes that he saw her. That's yeah, that's that's the scary movie I want to see. I want to see her tormenting him to the point that he finally was like, I'm going to admit this just just to get this over with. Right. I can't. I can't deal with this anymore. Right. Somebody make that movie for me, please. Uh, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> Probably somewhere. <laughs> Probably somewhere. If so, anybody listening, if you know a movie that's like that, hit me yeah. up. I want to know what it is. So Casey pled no contest to first degree murder and was sentenced to life with a minimum of 21 years. Fiorella reached a plea agreement where he pled guilty to first-degree murder in exchange for a life sentence in prison with a minimum of 26 years. And Delashment also pled no contest and got 26 years to life. So if you're doing the math, those time limits are running out. Yeah. Yeah. However, it says 26 to life. It's minimum yeah, right. at the twenty, like the twenty-one years, that's when they can start going before the parole board, and the parole board can decide if they are it's past twenty-one years. Yeah, well, we're gonna go, we're gonna get into that here in just a minute because there's oh, they do, don't tell me they're out. <sighs> Not oh. yet. Not oh. Yet. So it's 27 years right now. So literally, if it took them like eight months, we're looking at 26 years. So we're at a point where they can come up for parole. Yeah. Um, that, well, the two that got 26 years, I don't think they have gone, gone before the parole board yet. yet. I'm guessing they will soon. Um, yeah, because the one that got 21, he's definitely up for parole. Yeah, well, uh, 2021 was when he had his first shot at, par at parole, Casey did. Uh-huh. And now Casey is the one that came forward and, and told them everything. Yeah. 
Um, said that it was the other kid's idea, the 14-year-old. Yeah. I'm glad he, that he got 26 years. Yeah, because a lot because of times he, when they come forward like that, they try to wiggle No, I'm it saying down. the 14-year-old. The, the fact that oh. he was a minor, that they didn't try him as a minor. Yeah. I think once you stab somebody 15 times in the neck and then, like, boot stomp them to death. Um, yeah. I think maybe you get, you you don't get the kitty punishment anymore. Yeah, no. Mm -mm. Well, in like I said, in 2021, Casey had a shot at parole. He and his lawyers claimed that the case was only solved because he came forward. Which is horrible to say, but I mean, they had no leads. They weren't even really looking for it. They thought she was a runaway. Right. So there is a chance that that's the only reason that the parents ever knew what happened to their daughter um elisa's family so came for a freaking cold case missing persons file to this day if nobody came forward yeah if he wouldn't have got like that moment of you know con his conscience going dude you yeah. need to come forward if he wouldn't have done that if he would have been like the other two cold-hearted sobs um yeah Ugh. no one would ever know her parents might have thought that somewhere out there she was still alive and had just run off to have a life somewhere else. I don't know. Yeah. And I'm going to post a picture of these three asshats and I'm going to post a picture of Elise. She was just beautiful. She had a smile that, you know, lit up a room. And especially yeah. um, Fiorella, the youngest one, he has such cold, haunting eyes there's Ugh. just yeah that's scary there's th i there's no soul behind them i'm sorry there's just not yeah um well when he was up for parole in 2021 elisa's family did come forward and opposed his release as i think any any yeah. family would um his lawyer made the case that he was a model prisoner for 20 years he earned his GED and was working towards a bachelor's degree in psychology. Um, not that, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> in psychology. Is he going to try and be a therapist? Yeah. And push these people to doing bad things? Exactly. You uh, No, thank you. You know how to groom somebody into in uh -huh. a horrific way. Now you're going to do it professionally? Mm. No, thank you. I would not want that therapist. Yeah, no. No, thank you. You spent 20 years in prison? I'm not going to talk to you no. about my problems. No. Um, On March 17th, 2021. Oh, here's the other thing. <laughs> Backing up a minute before we go back to March 17th. Um, his lawyer also claimed that he had not committed any further crimes. Well, no, duh. Since, <laughs> since being arrested. Well, I mean, I understand that you're in prison. You're there's shanks. There's yeah, everything. But still, no, duh. You're in prison, right? What's he gonna do? Rob a bank? He's in prison. Yeah. You didn't kill anybody else because you're in prison. Eh, that. <laughs> and Things as excuses in go yeah as excuses go that's not a great yeah. one no that one's not good no nope. so on 
March 17th, 2021, he was granted parole. But then on July 9th, excuse me, not the 19th, the 9th, Governor Newsom reversed that parole saying, I have determined that Mr. Casey must do additional work to deepen his insight into the factors of his crime and coping skills before he can be safely released from prison. Good for that, Governor. Good. I wish it stopped there. Oh. 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 I wish I didn't have to keep going. Oh. But I do. Okay. Casey's legal team appealed this decision on June 6th, 2022, this year, just a couple months ago, San Luis Obispo Obispo. County Superior Court Judge Craig Von Ruin granted Casey's petition. He said the case probably wouldn't even have been solved or likely would have gone unsolved without Royce coming forward very early in the case. Yeah. Very early? It was eight fucking months. Yeah. Eight months. That He was the one that gave him credit for not c- committing further crimes. Like, that's a fucking badge of honor. You were in jail. This judgment is in appeal now. They're trying to prevent his release. But kind of... How can I put this? At the guidance of their lawyer, yeah, the Elise family is starting to make peace with the fact that it's very likely he's going to get out. Yeah. Um, and because of that, they made the following statement. The family is prepared for Royce to be paroled. They know it is going to happen at some point. For the most part, they are at peace with the decision. Royce has been generally in honor honor inmate he's really tried to reform his life and make better for himself generally there is no unanimity but the family has accepted it i don't think i could i don't think i could make a statement like that no i don't think i would make a statement no i think if i made a statement it would be he should have rotted in jail yeah yeah what they did was gruesome. It was horrific. It was brutal. It was planned for months. Yeah. No. I I can't pretend that that's okay. No. Not at all. I really wondered what Elise's family feels about the movie Jennifer's Body because it, it's well known that it was the the case was the inspiration for for it but i couldn't i couldn't find anything there yeah i don't know like i had never from the time that i knew about jennifer's body never knew that it was based on a real like story oh really really i just literally thought it was about a succubus Mm -hmm. that's it It, that seed where she's begging for her life and gets stabbed that one was very very hard for me to watch because because of knowing about this case. Yeah. I have to think that they never watched it. I No. No. Absolutely not. And the the humor that is kind of braided into it, it Yeah. That would be really rough to to know her and see this movie. Right. So, you know the scene that the fire happens in the club 
At the very beginning, yeah. And that's how she ends up getting in the van with the band. Yeah. So that's actually based off of a real thing, too. Really? Yes. It. I think it's called the Station Nightclub. It caught on fire February 20th, 2003 in Rhode Island, killing 100 people. Oh, wow. So this was like long after she died, but they put those together Yeah. for the movie. Yeah. Huh. The pyrotechnics set off by the tour manager like caused the fire wow i didn't know that (laughs) yeah i remember being afraid to go for shows (laughs) for a quick minute then i was like did you hear i want to get stuck in a fire yeah did you hear that there was a small fire at epcot a couple weeks ago no they shot off their fireworks and a piece of one of them that was still burning landed over on the um the america area of the <laughs> world showcase and for a minute america was on fire <laughs> i mean i'm not saying it's a <laughs> metaphor but <laughs> yeah um in this fire 100 were killed 230 were injured and another 132 escaped uninjured Oh, my gosh. So total people that were safe were 362 people. Or Yeah, 362 people. That had to be a really big club. It's Yeah, it's in Rhode Island. Yeah, it was big. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been to a club that there's like that many people inside. No? I don't know. I guess Once Upon a Book has that many people, so... Maybe. I don't know. I don't count heads when I'm... (laughs) (laughs) And that's not really a club. That's a hotel. Yeah. But it still fits a lot of people. It does. The ballroom there. I mean, that's scary, too, to think about a hotel catching on fire. Oh. I'm sure that's happened at some point. Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. That would be terrifying. I'm sure it's happened at the the Cecil Hotel in in L.A. at some point because every every bad thing that can happen at a hotel has happened there. Well, I mean, didn't they portray a succubus on there, too? I think so. Did they? I don't. Everything. The Night Stalker stayed there for a while. What? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Richard Ramirez, he he stayed at the yeah. Cecil Hotel for a while. Yeah, I forget that that's his alter ego is the Night Stalker. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that the way he was caught? You know, I do a lot of research on serial killers just because I find the the how they're brought to justice and whatnot. I find it fascinating. Yeah. The way he was captured is my favorite takedown of a serial killer ever. Because he was spotted just by people within the community and followed on the bus to where he got off in this in this community. And they chased him down and they beat the hell out of him until the cops got there. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. I like to think the cops pulled up and were like, I don't know if that's him. We should probably wait another minute or two just to make sure that's him. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Do we really have to do anything just yet? No. By the time they got him in the car, like he was asking, get me out of here. Goodness. They should have just let those people rip him apart. I mean. 
Yeah, but then that's a lot of paperwork. (laughs) (laughs) You back away like the penguins from Madagascar. You didn't see anything. Right. (laughs) (gasps) Well, thank you for sharing that. I had no idea that uh, that was based on a real thing. That was not in my case notes. Yeah. I just happened to think about it. And that's where they took the civil liberties of like making it into something completely different and just yeah. took elements of it. That's why art imitates life. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing they did have a problem with was the band Slayer. Elisa's family sued the band Slayer claiming that their songs post-mortem and dead skin mask gave the boys instructions on torture, rape, and murder. (laughs) Did they win? No. Okay. No. I was going to say, like, I can see how somebody might think that, but no, it's all a persona. Yeah. It's a a mask they're putting on to go on stage. Yeah. Like. Other than like. They might not believe the things that they're singing. Yeah. And I'm not saying that there aren't some sickos out there that get too into that persona and it becomes them. And, you know, it gets twisted in a dark way because I'm sure there's those cases, too. But in this case. The judge threw out their case, stating there's not a legal position that could be taken that would make Slayer responsible for the girl's death. Yeah. Where do you draw the line? You might as well start looking through the library at every book on the shelf. Exactly. Yeah. Like, go to a Stephen King book. Go to, like, any books. Like, anything. Yeah. Like, that's where, like, the whole Columbine, them saying that the music was the reason no it's disturbed individuals yeah who make these choices to do disturbed things and you know maybe the music pumps them up to do it but those dark thoughts were already there yeah which gets you into the whole nature versus nurture thing is there something in their brain that just and well, these they kids up their front lobe because exactly. they were doing drugs. Their brains were not right. You messed with your brain and then you listened to that music and you started believing shit that you shouldn't have. Right. Right. Yeah. And you're moody and teenager and angst and ugh. Yeah. Yeah. The only good thing I will say, and again, I'm not saying anything bad about the movie, but um, you know, if if somebody knew her, maybe they saw it as at least on film she got revenge in a way that she yes, didn't because in real it's life. like that's why it's like a cult classic now is that women empowerment that they got revenge at the end. Yeah, yeah. Which I watched that uh, Becca was in town this past weekend, and uh, I made her watch it with me, and we got to the end scenes. Where, you know, it's in the end credits that yeah. the best friend finally gets revenge against the band. And apparently when she watched it the first time, she left the theater and didn't know that there was more happening. <laughs> so the end part of the movie, she's like, I've never seen this before in my life. <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. 
<laughs> yeah, Scott went to go like fast forward through them thinking that there might have been an end credit scene. And he goes, wait, there's stuff right here. So then we watched it. We're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's my yeah. favorite part of the movie, that the best friend got revenge. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me, um, and this is a whole different movie. Oh, my gosh. What's it called? Um, uh, something like Upstanding Young Woman. It's relatively new. I think it only came out in the last year or two. And I think I it was know. a Hulu exclusive. Um, but it's the premise of that one is um, a girl's best friend is raped and nobody believes her. And she ends up like dropping out of college and killing herself because like her life was just destroyed by this. And yeah. her best friend knows what happened to her and basically has made it her life mission to like punish men that prey on women okay so like she pretends that she's drunk and then she uh when they she goes back to their house with them and then when they try try something she like snaps too that she's not actually drunk and reads them the riot act and does this whole thing I'll have to check it out. I don't want to ruin the movie for people, but the ending has a huge twist. Revenge is gotten against the the people that raped her friends, but not in a way that you think. Yeah, uh, it's 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 a jarring movie, but it's good. So if you get a chance, check that one out. Yeah, I'll have to check it out for sure. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's we all need. I have for Jennifer's body. Yeah. This one's going to be a mini episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's all. Yeah, we're looking at like 40 minutes. Yeah, that's okay. Once everything gets edited out. That's fine. Yeah. It's, okay. it, I mean, it's, it's a short case, but it's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we lighten the mood. Yeah. And we go and talk about our social medias where you can follow us yes. and find out what episodes are coming next. Are you going to give us a hint about what, what you're doing next week? Um, pea soup. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I know. That's a good one. Oh, I think I'm going to watch that with my kids. So are you oh. doing the original or? Yes. Okay. The original. The 1973 movie. Oh, that's a good one with yeah, Linda Blair. Is that her name? Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. So you just give it away too much. So I'm doing The Exorcist. That's good. And you're mm -hmm. gonna, is there a specific exorcism that you're going to compare it to? Yeah, the one that it's based off of. Oh, it's based on an actual exorcism. <laughs> I thought it was just like a, no. oh, oh, this is <laughs> yeah. going to be good. Because I know it's there's good. a lot of, there's a lot of exorcisms that have been yeah. talked about so this that'll be interesting yeah i'll go in in detail then but it's i'm getting a lot of information so <laughs> oh this is going to be a good one that'll be fun yeah. yeah but you guys can check it out on facebook at the mimesis podcast or instagram at the mimesis podcast also the twitter is up and running at mimesis underscore podcast um We'd like to hear from you and you can email us at the mimesis podcast at gmail.com. 
I think that's all of them. I think that's all of them. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, <laughs> this is a lot of gruesome information for mid afternoon, but it was, it was, we roll on with spooky season. We do. Very it cool. just might get spookier. Spookier. Yeah. I'm excited. It'll be fun. You're doing more ghosts and I'm doing more serial killers. <laughs> uh, no, my one I'm doing is a serial killer. Which one? Chucky. Oh, I'm really creeped out by that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all we have for today. So until next time. Bye. Bye.